Welcome to the Black Men Think Podcast. If this is your first time here, know that the views and opinions expressed by the Black Men Think Podcast, are those of the Black Men Think Podcast and not the individual members. With that being said we're about to be unapologetically, undeniably black. Enjoy. About two weeks ago, so we started this conversation about two weeks ago, and uh, it was a conversation that was real near and dear to, to me personally, but also uh, Marlon was on, on the conversation as well, and just really talking about coping with our parents getting older, right? And it was a great convo, and we had someone reach out, right? And um, in the midst of reaching out, she wrote this nice email which thank you for that email it, it was a very um heart heartfelt email and um just talking about you know enjoying the episode and mentioned that hey i i am an attorney i this is directly what what i talk about this this is my line of work and your episode really hit home and so it was it was insightful to see all of that and we wanted to kind of continue that conversation today so help me welcome um she is a lawyer for her firm sr law group uh here in the uh, metro atlanta area she actually has a podcast that deals directly with what we'll be talking about today which is super dope um black parents aging podcast with her her partner and um hey nicola robinson welcome to the black man think podcast Welcome, Thank you welcome. so much, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I reached out. I sent an email because I was I completely found your show by accident, but I don't believe in accidents. I think it was divine intervention. And I was on a walk in my neighborhood and I was like, let me check this out. And I'm in the streets hollering. My neighbors are like, she is losing her mind. Because it, was so, it was so timely and it was so on point. And it's something that I'm so passionate about. And our conversation is not, our community is just not having this conversation. So when I saw a group of black men are actually starting, I was like, oh, praise God, here we go. <laughs> so it was, it was a, it was a call and response moment for me. And I was like, oh wait, they can't go. hear me. So that's yeah. why I had to write an email. <laughs> we heard you in spirit. We heard you in spirit. <laughs> well, cool. So uh, first off, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, like I said in, in the intro, that was that was a heartfelt message um, for us. I mean, we've done we're, we're maybe a little over 30 episodes in at this point, and we've had people reach out before, but it was something about your message that really hit home for us. And like I said, it was a very personal episode, and I think that had a lot to do with it. So we start our episodes with a question, right? And so with all of that stuff being said before, uh, knowing that we're coping with our, our parents getting older, I just got one question. Okay. Now that we know that our parents are going to get older, what do we do now? Like, what's the next step? How, what, what, what can we do? So you, you alluded to it in um, the previous episode about starting that conversation with your parents. And it is, it's, it's a difficult conversation. Nobody right. is denying that. It is a harsh reality to say, oh, wow, I'm not going to be here forever. But the best thing to do is start that conversation as early as possible while everybody's still in good health, while everybody still has the mental faculties to be able to make some decisions. So 
and and I I always stress with people start just planting seeds. Don't go full on guns a blazing, mama. You got a will. I work with nothing but black people, and the minute you say, mama, you got a will, she's gonna be like, why are you trying to kill me? So it's a really <laughs> delicate place. Y'all have black parents. I have black parents. You know that you cannot go to them with certain things in 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 without a certain posture, and right. it's not gonna go well. So you want to just keep that in mind and plant seeds and say, hey, mom, you know, I heard from another friend of mine, his mom is going into a nursing home. Have you ever given any thought to that? Or a friend of mine's parents just moved into a senior living facility. Have you ever thought about that? So you want to just kind of sprinkle these seeds because they may have never thought about the fact that I won't live in this house forever. That's, that's, that's rarely anything that anybody thinks about. They bought their house, they've been there for you know, 20, 30 plus years, but there may come a time when they can't live there anymore because of physical limitations and they haven't breached that thought at all. So you wanna just kind of put that out there. Gotcha. And you wanna understand too, that it's an ongoing conversation. So keep it light, keep it short. They are still adults. They, at the end of the day, are the decision maker. So as much as you may say, okay, I really feel like it's time for them to move into a facility, or I think it might be time for them to move in with us, you have to kind of let them get to that conversation, you come to that conclusion on their own. It, it's a whole transition that they're going through. It is the, the switching of roles. You know, you, they were worried about you driving. Now you worried about them driving. And so there is a complete... Wow role reversal psychological thing that's happening so you got to be really really patient with them about that because it's just not something that we have made a normal in our community so they're not thinking about it they're not talking about it and so when you hit them with all this information straight out the gate they're like whoa whoa wait, <laughs> i'm gonna live forever we don't even need to talk about this yeah just yeah. want to do it real slow nicola no, that's no, go ahead mo yeah, no, I, no, she said some, something very key and it, it sparked a, a thought in my mind. And, you know, you made me think about the fact that, you know, families in general, but, but especially black families, we don't like to talk about death, right? We don't like to talk about something that's inevitable, but it, it's coming. How do you suggest we start those conversations? Like what, how do you, how do you ease a family member that really doesn't want anything to do with that in, into that space? We for whatever reason in our community, we still have this belief or this mindset that if we talk about death, it's like we're rushing it. We're, we're gonna make it come just because we brought it up. Right, right. And I tell people, it's it's like car insurance. You Just because you talk about car insurance, that don't mean you about to go out, go out here and get in an accident. So mm. you can't just think because you're preparing or because you put some things into play, it's going to make it happen. So you want to go from that mindset, say, listen, we're just, we're having a lighthearted conversation, mom. We want to make sure everybody's prepared and everybody's on the same page. We know you're going to live forever. Start with that. Like, listen, I know <laughs> you're going to live. I want you to live forever. Right. But, right. <laughs> you know, but just in case, because every day is not promised, no day is promised. So just in case, let's talk about these things. That's how I normally help clients like ease their parents into it. And and do would you recommend if they're let's say they're multiple siblings, multiple kids or whatever, 
do you recommend everyone talking together all at the same time so everyone can be on the same page or do you just try to fit it in where whenever you can so with siblings i usually recommend that you talk to your siblings first before okay. you even broach the topic with your parent because you want to see where they are you need to take their temperature too it's amazing how you and your siblings can be looking at the same thing and see it totally different. You can yeah. say, listen, mom is kind of slowing down or she forgetting a lot of things and your siblings mm -hmm. be like, quit playing. And so you're just like, oh, okay, they're not ready. They're not ready to acknowledge mm -hmm. that something is going on here. So you want to take their temperature as well. And, and they may see what you see. And that's a good thing. If they see what you see, then you can have a conversation and say, hey, how do you want to go about this? Because you don't want to take on the burden or the responsibility of feeling like I'm the one that's got to get all the information. I'm got to, I got to make sure everything is put together. Go at it from a team approach. Say, listen, if you're seeing what I'm seeing, how can we talk to mom and dad about this? And then... You want to also think about your temperament versus your sibling's temperament. If if your parents are better at receiving stuff from your sibling, like I have a younger sister. I have a takeover spirit. I want to get in there. I want to get it done. My sister's not the same way. So I'm like, well, you talk to them about these topics. I'm going to come with these other ones. Right, right. So you might want to have to tag team. Um, and then sometimes your, your siblings might be in such complete denial that you can't, you can't reach out to them you can't put them in the conversation but you need to know that going into it right so my, my situation is um well I, I won't say it's unique but I, I'm in a situation where my father is and he's still in the hospital currently mm -hmm. but um my mom is so my father is the or was the primary um what do you call it I guess the breadwinner of, uh, of the, uh, of the family. And so breadwinner, entrepreneurial spirit. However, from my viewpoint, things are just not lined up the way that they should be. Like my dad, he didn't handle, like get the right insurances and, and things of that nature. And so I think my biggest worry has been like, man, if my dad was to pass, I don't think that my mom is prepared for that life after my dad, right? My mom got injured on her job years ago. And so she hasn't been able to work. And so just trying to find out what that, that looks like has been a challenge for me. Like I, I talked to my wife about it and it's just like, you know, that's really my biggest worry and God forbid, I mean, I love, I would love for my dad to be here, but my dad passing is not a worry of mine. Right. The worry is everybody else, right? And so uh, that has been the biggest challenge, I would say, for me, just trying to find out, like, how can you, what, what is it that you can do, I guess is the question, after the fact, like, when something has already been done and there's nothing that you can do about it, like, if the, if the proper insurances were not in place prior and, uh, you know, a, an event happens, what is your best option going forward after that event has happened? So it's going to be for circumstance specific. So without me looking at what insurance, right, right. what documents are in place, it's going to be kind of hard to um, answer that one. But when or if your dad should pass away, once you look at everything and you see what we have in terms of income that might be still available to your mom, 
how much money will be coming from whatever policies are in place. That's when you start saying, okay, where can we supplement? Depending on her health and depending mm -hmm. on her age, she may be able to get something like long-term care insurance. Most people have never even heard of long-term care insurance. Um, and it's like, oh, we never thought about what her health will look like after he's gone. What if she needed to go into a facility? How would we pay for that? So there are options. It will just really depend on what it is the circumstances kind of put in place. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Nicola, if you don't mind, would you touch on the basics? You know, what does an, an average child or, you know, adult child um, need to know, um, you know, what are the plans that we need to put in place um, when thinking about caring for our parents in the future? A lot of times people come to me and their first thing out the gate is my mom needs a will or, you know, we thinking about when they're not here. That's actually too late. We need to start having the conversation of when they are here and they're incapacitated. Mm. What if she had a stroke? She's not dead. The will means mm. nothing. Right, if, right. You know, if she had a heart attack and now she's just not able to physically do the day to day. That will is not an effective document. So you really need to start with basic power of attorney, making sure that those are in place. And when I say basic, I don't mean just something you found on the internet. Listen, y'all, <laughs> free is not free. <laughs> I do both the planning side and then I do the court side of untangling the stuff you find on the internet. So pick whatever attorney you want, but make the investment and go and make sure that you really understand what you're doing. Make sure you have the proper powers in place to be able to step in and be able to handle business for your parents in the event that they can't do it. Um, make sure you have some type of guardianship designation. Again, it's talking about while they're still here. We can get to the death side. We can sort out things after they're gone. But when they're still here and decisions need to be made, make sure you have the authority to make those decisions. That's where I would always advise people to start. That's, that's great. And, and, and what type of decisions um, would you need to make, you know, in, in those settings? So, um, for example, someone has a stroke and it is a severe stroke and they are in the hospital and now they need to be discharged. Well, they might need to go into a nursing home facility. It doesn't look like they're going to rehab anytime soon. If you don't have the proper documents in place, who's going to pay for them to go into that facility? Are you paying out of pocket? Do you have access to their bank accounts? Um, are they going to need government assistance? How are you going to apply for government assistance? You don't have the authority to do that. So you want to make sure the documents give you the authority to access the financials. It gives you the authority to sign documents and enter into contractual agreements on your parents' behalf. And so those are the types of powers I'm talking about. Well, wow. that's great. Um, yeah, I know we're talking about parents and everything, but sometimes I think about like, you know, what about myself? Like starting with myself as far as a will and all that stuff too. So your firm has that too. I mean, you're just not, you, you do it. We can do it for anyone, right? Yes. So we do estate planning and elder law. So my focus and my demographic is age 60 and above. Okay. That doesn't gotcha. mean I can't do estate planning for the children. Normally the children of aging parents 
bring their parents to see me. And then they're like, oh, well, I just realized I ain't done none of this either. And so it's usually multi-generational, but planning for our age and I'll, I'm, I'm close to y'all. That's all I'm going to say, because I know you're <laughs> but I ain't telling you mine. <laughs> planning for our age just looks very different from what planning looks like for our parents. Like we need to think about guardians for our children in the event something happens to us, whereas our parents need to be thinking about guardians for themselves in the oh. event something happens where they can't make decisions. And instead of having to go to court, you can become their guardian and make those decisions for them. So it looks very different how you go about that. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to talk about um, insurance. Insurance is a big thing for me. My, my wife and I, we went, when we first got married, we went through a, uh, a program, Financial Peace, right, mm -hmm. with Dave Ramsey. And me and my husband did the same thing. <laughs> right, right, right now, actually. Yeah, we're in the so, <laughs> we, you know, we went through the process of eliminating all of our debt and, you know, getting the proper insurances. And, and then even after that, we spoke with some financial advisors that upped our insurance, right? Like, so um, from an insurance level for us, you know, we have our, you know, basic life insurance, we have uh, disability insurance, um, of course, we have health insurance. But it, is that something that kind of coincides with elder law and, and estate planning, like the insurances as well? And if, if so, can you kind of give us an overview of, of what that looks like? So insurance and estate planning kind of go hand in hand because okay. for a lot of people our age, we may not have a lot of cash in the bank right now. You know, we're still on the climb. And so if something happened to us now, family would get insurance. Insurance is what is going to pay out and give them that large sum of cash. And so we have to think about, I have a $1.2 million policy. If I tapped out right now, my daughter is six. She, she can't handle that kind of money. I mean, she's right, right. <laughs> so what, what can I put in place to make sure that money lasts and is able to help her in like her college years or pay for, uh, pay for a wedding, whatever. So you make sure that not only do you have that insurance in place, but you have a vehicle to catch that money, to hold that money on her behalf until she gets to an age where she can manage it. So those two always go together. If you're young and you don't have a lot of cash, I'm like heavy on the insurance and make sure you have something to catch it. As parents age for them, their insurance needs are different. So they may not need as much in terms of cash because that payout is to you. And as their children, you're probably grown. You probably have your own income. So you're not looking for a major payday and they're not looking to support you. So their insurance might be smaller, but they should have heavier insurance in terms of long-term care insurance. Gotcha. I think, I think that's, that's important to note. Um, just insurances in general, because these conversations sadly are just not happening happening on a on a, a maximum scale in our communities and you know for, for whatever reason i don't think we really have to go into the reasons of why it's not happening but the fact is it's just not happening and and i think these types of conversations have to be had um i wanted to kind of get into your background right because uh, we may have some people that listen to this podcast that say like hey i i want to get into this field and so um, if you can kind of give us a, some, a bit of your background, I know, like we mentioned before, uh, you, you are 
a partner at your your law firm, um, SR Law Group. Um, and so kind of give us a background to where you are now and also how you got to that point. So I always wanted to be a lawyer since I was a little kid. I was just that nerdy kid, age eight, was like, lawyer, cool, I'm in. Um, so went straight through school, um, went to Penn State for law school, started out at a big firm um, doing big corporate stuff. I actually started out working on um, some of the litigation around the September 11th incident. So, I mean, I was putting in big firm hours, everything you saw on TV, that was me and hated it. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> it was killing me. And I, at that time though, I was dealing with a lot of family members who would be like, hey, can you draft me a will? And I'm like, yeah, I learned that in law school. I'll just, you know, crank that out. That's cool. Then my neighbor ended up getting um, breast cancer. And then I had to do her estate planning and really walk through what things would look like for her family when she passed away. We knew it was coming. It was inevitable. Um, well, and she did not have kids and she had never gotten married, but she had accumulated quite a bit in her um, assets. And she had a very, very well career, like very lofty. So I was like, wow, you know, I really like this. This is cool. I felt like I was really giving back and really helping people. Um, so left corporate America was like, yeah, this ain't it. Um, I'm not doing this forever. And I think a major turning point for me was when my grandmother passed away. I had already been like, hey, grandma, you know, you need a will. But of course, ain't nobody listening to me. I'm, I'm young. I'm the granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And when she passed, she left a chicken farm. No mm -hmm. sound, does not sound glamorous by no stretch of the imagination. But she had five children. And my father, being the oldest, was not her biological child. Mm -hmm. So when you are gone and now these mm -hmm. siblings are having to figure this all out, it did not go well. Wow. My father and his siblings did not speak for quite a few years. Um, I haven't spoken to my aunts about 10 years now. Wow. And to see the impact that decision of not putting a will in place had on multiple generations in my family. And I was like, oh, I can, I can do something about this. Like yeah. I actually have the power to make sure other families don't deal with what we've dealt with because it was and it still is I mean it's 10 years later and I'm just like dang I miss my cousins like I miss the family gatherings that we used to have when my grandmother was still alive but because of no planning all that just kind of went away yeah thank you for sharing that um number one and um that's a side of it that I, I think we we don't speak about it because we all we've all been in those situations where somebody passes along and people are arguing over the the grandfather clock or you know the the, the jewelry or the you know this or that the car and, and it's like all of that could be solved by you know just having the proper planning in place to where it's like no this is exactly what they wanted like <laughs> you you got to take that uh, unfortunately you got to you got to take that up with with whoever is, is being buried right now but this is what they wanted this is not coming from you know, a person in the family saying like, do this, do that. So I think that's super important. Thank you for sharing that. Um, before we, we end here, I, I do want to talk about your podcast because you have um, a very important, like very niche topic matter that everyone needs to talk about it and it coincides with our conversation here. So uh, it's the Black Parents Aging Podcast. It's, it doesn't get that's, any that's specific than that, right? <laughs> 
great. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit more about your podcast and and uh, the motivation behind that and, and what can we, you know, have forward to look. Because I, I listened to the first two episodes and the information is very solid. So that's well, just, that's that's my advertisement for the Black <laughs> podcast. Very solid. I, I absolutely appreciate it. What we were seeing, my law partner, Olivia, shout out to her, Olivia Smith. And I have been doing estate planning and elder law exclusively. And we were getting people who literally was like coming from all parts of Georgia coming to our office. And we're like, what's up with that? Like you drove an hour and a half, two hours. And it was like, you look like me. And that's why I was Mm. like, oh, wait, that's right. Because when I go to estate planning attorney meetings, don't nobody look like me. Mm. So I realized there are Black people out there that are looking for this too. And their kids confused and they don't know how to help their parents and the parents don't know where to get the information. And I, I know how your family dynamics work, but my parents don't really get into the technology and the internet. So they're, they're coming to me, (laughs) they're asking me all these questions. And so I realized like, okay, all my friends are dealing with the same thing. All my friends are trying to figure this out. And I was like, I have the information. So I really got sick of everybody calling me and was like, if I can put this out in a grander scale, this right, is right. everybody that looks like me can find it. This is where it will be. And we can start having the conversation and normalize it in our community. Nice, nice. Now that's that's a good point that people don't look like us. And that, man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, it, it's, it's different when you're in the room with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? The conversation is different. We can have those talks to where we both understand exactly where we're coming from with it. And that I think that's super important. Super important. I'll um, give you a quick little story. I had a lady come yeah. me and she wanted to leave money to her church. Little old black lady, been in this church for 50 million <laughs> years. Y'all know you got the right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. and so, Ms. Johnson. Right, Ms. Johnson. <laughs> and so I'm like, <laughs> all right, Ms. Johnson, I, I feel you. I understand now why you want to leave this. She was like, Well, you know, they've been working on the building fund forever, blah, blah, blah. That's mm. all typical black churches. Everybody know Ms. Johnson. Right. And so I'm like, well, Ms. Johnson, why don't we leave the money to them now while you still here? And then they can have a whole ceremony in your honor. They get a bench with your name on. It's just starting to get people to think differently about mm-hmm. how we transfer and stuff. And I don't know right. that uh, a white attorney would be able to understand why Ms. Johnson was doing what she was doing in the right. fund and how that dynamic works. Mm-hmm. So it's it's having somebody across the table that looks like you that shared that experience that can understand why you're trying to do what you're doing. That's real, very important, very important. Yeah, that's a real good point. Um, so before we before we get out of here, we want to open the floor up for you. Like, are there any questions that you want to ask us? Because <laughs> I know we've been asking you all the questions this entire episode. So if there's something you want to ask us, we will we'll answer to the best of our ability. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank so, is you. this I, Ask I, a Black I, Man? Is this the Ask a Black yeah, Man? Oh yeah, segment? this is the Ask a Black Man segment <laughs> on the podcast. Ask go. a Black Man segment. Okay, so my question for each of you is, now that you guys have started the conversation, how are you going to take that to your individual circles of influence? What are you going to do going forward? Uh, I, I'll, I'll go first. Um, what's, what's funny about that is I just had this conversation with 
my mom and sister, um, I think over Thanksgiving, maybe. It was a couple weeks ago. And, you know, the, it, it wasn't, you know, a hard conversation or anything, but I think it's going to be repetition and, you know, bringing things up over and over again until, you know, you move forward. But I know it's something you don't want because stuff can happen at the blink of an eye. So I don't want mm -hmm. to um, keep pushing it out, thinking that you have forever when actually you don't. Um, so, yeah, that's that's definitely for this. This is motivation for me to have that conversation again. Um, to try to get things in place as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, I would concur. I mean, you know, I, and I think I alluded to on, on the last podcast that, um, you know, a lot of these conversations hadn't happened or at least haven't happened as in depth as they should, um, you know, when it comes to my parents or even in my own home, you know, um, my wife is, is generally the one who is on top of these things. You know, I am, you know, I think every home probably has somebody that, that is almost close to oblivious, if not just, that works, babe, that's good, yep, whatever you say. And unfortunately, I'm that guy. Mm -hmm. um, so more, more, than, more than anything, I think these conversations have opened my eyes, you know, that these are things I need to take a lot more seriously. Um, these are the things that I wanna, you know, know the details about. Um, I wanna have those conversations with my parents. And we've had some, um, but not enough where I felt that, you know, if something were to happen to one of them or both of them, that I know everything that I need to do, you know, in, in a split moment. And that's how um, prepared I wanna be, you know, um, whether, you know, something, whether it's a crisis where they're still living and something happens or whether they, you know, move on from here. And now I have to help, you know, one of my parents figure out what to do with, with their state. And so, um, let alone my own, I have four children and, you know, and my wife and I wanna be, want them to be prepared or at least want the estate to be you know, ready to be um, handed over to someone that can guide it and protect it and, you know, take care of it until they're old enough to, to take it on for themselves. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of importance in the details and these conversations have taught me that. All right. Uh, um, I want to echo a lot of the things that, that Marlon said, but, um, you know, my wife and I, we've had a lot of those tough conversations that we, we started to work. Uh, we just need to complete some of those things. Um, and as far as with my parents, I think that um, with all things considered, and, and I've and I've going through this process for the past, what's going on almost six weeks now. I've had these conversations with my mom, um, but I haven't really had those conversations with my siblings, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm the oldest um, between my parents. What we we have a, a older brother that my dad had at, at an earlier age, but um, it's, you know, it's basically four of us. And we haven't really talked about the care of our parents. We're just more so now just concerned about what's going on with them as far as, as, you know, their health. But we haven't had that conversation, those tough conversations of like, yo, like, so if dad passed, like, what does that look like? Because I have a sister in college and I have a, a younger brother who's still at home. And so, you know, just trying to get a, a sense of, hey, what, what do we need to do? Because, you know, I'm 80 miles away with the family with two kids. And so I, I'm not there, but there, but my brother is there and he sees it every day. So he knows exactly what's going on. And so just trying to make sure I do a better job of communicating with them, because while I might be grown and, and have my own life to deal with, you know, they're dealing with some tough stuff 
like directly, you know, and I can I can only imagine what they're dealing with, you know, my sister being in college and having to like focus on school and worry about, hey, is mom and dad okay, you know, so just I, I think what you said, just communicating with them first and then let's collectively as siblings come up with a, a, a solid plan and then uh, let's try to move on to have that conversation with our parents uh, in, in more detail than what we had before. So yeah, awesome. that was great. That was excellent. And one thing I just want to put out there because I see it so many times. A lot of times we think we're being helpful, like we put you know kids' names on the bank accounts to be able to just get access. We have to stop doing that. We have to stop mm-hmm. doing this shortcut planning thinking that, oh, okay, well, I'll just slap my name on this or, you know, I'll get the key to the house and I'll be able to go in there and find stuff because sometimes we're doing more harm than we realize. Mm. I see a lot of times we throw our name on the deed for the house, like, okay, well, we ain't got to go to court, you know, if mom passed away because my name's on it. Yeah, but if mom needs to go into a nursing home, you cause a problem for her. So be smart about what we're doing. Don't just like shortcut it. And that's where I really, really advise everyone to take the time, even if you're just going for the consult to get the information. Let's speak to a lawyer, speak to somebody that does this every day because Great advice. we see people, you know, you sell the house, you have mom move in with you and you think that you're doing a great thing for her, but it could cause her problems later on. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's real. And, and I'll, I'll definitely speak with you offline because I, I have something not that same, but there's some something in there, too, that, that, yeah, I'll definitely need to contact you. So with that being said, if someone wanted to reach out to you um, about your services, what's the best way for them to contact you um, and what information do they need that to, to help you for better understand their circumstances? So you can give our office a call. Um, the number is 404-310, I'm sorry, 410. My cell phone starts the same way, 6505. <laughs> and you can visit our website, um, www.srlawgrp.com. And I tell people also, when you call, you be like, my mom needs a will. I'm like, okay, but your mom is my client. You're not my client, mm. you're your child. <laughs> so get your mom on the phone. And that is a dynamic that children sometimes don't understand because mom is relying on you to do all the you know scheduling and to get everything in. But at the end of the day, I have to respect her wishes. I have to do true. that she wants. So you might be thinking, okay, I'm Justin, I'm gonna get it all because I'm the one here with her. And she'd be like, nope, everything going to the church. Well, at the end of the day, that that's what I'm going to have to do. Right, right. So as the children, get your mind right. Just get your mind right that unless she wants you in the conversation with the lawyer, you may not necessarily have a seat at the table and be okay with that. Um, call, schedule the appointment, come in, we'll sit down, have a see if you're a good fit. Everybody that calls my office and comes in may not be a good fit for us. Um, I typically work with families who are cooperative, like everybody's kind of on the same page. Everybody's wanting to see a similar outcome. If it's a lot of drama, it's probably not a good fit for us. Um, And then we have a private conversation with the senior and say, okay, what is it that you want to see ultimately? And we design that for them. Nice, nice, cool. And we'll make sure to put all of that information in the show notes uh, so people can contact you directly with all the links and phone numbers. 
Uh, hey, Nicola, we want to first just say thank you for uh, sharing that information here on the podcast. I know it's going to be helpful. It was helpful for us, so I know it's going to be helpful <laughs> uh, for others that that's listening in. Um, any last words, fellas? Anything else y'all want to say? Or you know what? Um, for any family, take take that information out of the box in the top closet that you know your family members are gonna have to dig through and uh, <laughs> and have the tough conversations and, and get to the bottom. Absolutely. Of the First, and, and Mo, I'm just gonna add this onto that. First, okay. Ask your parents where is that information because I had to ask my mom. Facts. I was like, Mom, do Facts. anybody know where the information is, just in case something happens to you? Because Dad is in the hospital. If something happens to you, like we don't want to tear the house apart trying to find, you know, documents. And she was like, Yeah, they're here. I'm telling you where they are. Your sister know where they are. Your brother know where they are. So, and and my auntie know where they are. So I was like, Okay, cool. That's that's good that we. We on board and we know what those documents are, so yeah. we know how to find them just in case something happens. So, um, and, hey, and make electronic copies of them, young generation. Make make electronic copies of that info. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, that's all. That's all that we have here, Black Man Think Podcast. Once again, thank you, Nicola, for um, coming on. That's Nicola Robinson of SR Law Group and Black Parents Aging Podcast. So make sure y'all follow her uh, social media. You have, what's your social media, Nicola? So you, the law firm also has social media, SR Law Group, um, as we're on Instagram and we have a Facebook page. And the podcast has a pay, uh, Facebook page, Black Parents Aging. And my law partner and I answer questions. So if anybody has questions, that's a great way to reach out to us because we can do a full um, video answering your question on there. Nice, awesome. nice, nice. All right. Well, um, I don't, I, the Black Thought this week, Mo. Um, <laughs> Ask those tough questions. Get on the same page with your siblings. Get on the same page with your family. And go and see a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. That's it. That's it. Black Man Thing Podcast, man. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. The Black Black Man Man Think Podcast. Podcast.